This conversation from the Augusta Golf Show is brought to you by Gerald Jones Audi, online at AugustaAudi.com. Ron Syrak writes about the LPGA for Global Golf Post. Ron is also a Golf Channel contributor. He is back from the Solheim Cup. It is a pleasure to welcome Ron Syrak back to the Augusta Golf Show. Hello, Ron. Hey, John. Thanks for having me on again. Well, thank you for doing this. Um, You've been to a lot of major championships. You wrote that you would be hard-pressed to find a more dramatic finish than what happened last Sunday. Was Did you get a sense going into the event that it might be something like that? You know, part of what I wrote is is sporting events rarely live up to the expectation. that You know, there's there's a whole bunch of Super Bowls that will prove that. You know, they rarely as good are as good as you think they would be. I thought this would be close, but I had no idea that would be one of the most memorable events I've ever been at. I, I mean, it was decided by the last stroke, by the last, on the last hole, by the last player left on the golf course. You know, I, I, I've just never seen that before. Let's, let's talk about that last player left on the golf course, Suzanne Pedersen. Um, captain's pick. Spent the better part of the last two years at home raising her first child. And, and, and as you said, comes back, goes out there, sinks the winning putt on the final hole of the final match. Champions kind of have a way of doing that, don't they? You know, when, uh, um, when uh, Katrina Matthew made Suzanne a captain's pick, Suzanne had played at that time two tournaments in two years. And uh, it, was a real, uh, uh, it was a real gamble. But she's a beast. Uh, uh, you know, my first introduction to Suzanne was uh, 2002 Solheim Cup. Um, she was five down with five holes to play to Michelle Redmond in, uh, in singles play and have the match. Came back and, and then famously, she's 21 years old. She's interviewed on live TV and, uh, and uh, used a, a rather colorful word to describe her feelings at the time. <laughs> this sort of stunned everybody. But, but that's who Suzanne is. She's passionate. You know, she hit her drive off 18. Uh, it's a, 18's a par five that's reachable in two if you can put the ball in the fairway, and she didn't. So she uh, drives into the right rough, and as she's walking off the tee, Katrina Matthews comes up to her and says, this is why I picked you. And, and Suzanne went down and did it, hit a brilliant layup, a brilliant approach shot, and a brilliant putt. I think this way, Ron. You don't have to think this way. But I get a sense whenever we talk about these team events, Ryder Cups, President's Cups, Solheim Cups, way too much emphasis is placed on how that player is playing. Oh, they haven't played well the last four weeks. They've been in a slump for the last month. And, and hardly anything is put into their heart and, 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 and rising to the occasion. And I think, we, I think we see that more often than we expect. You know, match play is a whole different animal. You know, uh, to win a stroke play tournament, you've got to play well for 72 holes. You've got to play well over four consecutive days. Match play is, is it, 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 it's not even 18 holes. It's 18 different matches, you know, 18 different struggles out there. So it, you can hit the ball off the planet a couple of times in match play, and it only costs you a hole or two. Uh, you do it in stroke play. You make triple bogey, and it can cost you the tournament. So, so there's there's a lot uh, um, uh, uh, ways in which match play. Uh, um, uh, you know, look at the Ryder Cup, and look at guys like like Sergio Garcia, Lee Westwood, Colin Montgomery, Ian Poulter. They make putts in match play. They don't make in stroke play. 
you know, they make putts in the Ryder Cup they don't make in the major championships. So, so there's a lot of uh, it, it's 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 a it's a total total different beast, and it it is one of those uh, it, it's a competition, it's a format where um, the true competitor in you can come out, and uh, and and we saw that with Patterson, and then. She retires. Did you get a wry smile on your face when she said that? You know, it's funny. On Saturday night at the hotel uh, that I'm, I was staying at, I ran into her parents, who I've known for almost 20 years, and I haven't seen in a few years because Suzanne hadn't been out there that much. And, and we were talking, and uh, I got absolutely no sense from them that they had any idea that, that this was this was coming. Um but when when she did it, I mean, I, you know, I try to think of what this compares to. You know, uh, Ted Williams hit a home run in his last at bat in the major leagues. You know, uh, uh, it's sort of like that. Uh, I was ten years old when when Bill Mazeroski homered in the bottom of the ninth inning for the Pittsburgh Pirates to beat the New York Yankees in Game Seven of the World Series. Uh, but he didn't retire the next day. <laughs> uh, I, no, that it surprised me. I did not think that was coming from from Suzanne. We're talking with uh, Ron Syrak here on the Augusta Golf Show. Um, there has been some talk about uh, the pace of play. In, in your opinion, are these are these fair arguments? And 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 describe a little bit for those of us who could only watch it on television what the conditions were like, especially on Saturday morning. The pace of play was slow. There's no question about it. Uh, um, and uh, and there were. Uh, there, there are a few players who, who sort of are the, the leaders in slowness out there, and, and, and they tied everything up. But that said, Saturday was some of the most brutal conditions I've ever seen players play under. And when the wind is blowing steadily at 25 miles an hour, gusting to 40 miles an hour, that slows things down even more. Because, um, it, it, you know, I mean, I would see caddies staring at their yardage book, trying to do the math. I mean, it was, it was John, it was a four-club wind on, on Saturday. And, uh, you know, and so you're sitting there, you're starting all over again with your yardages with, to figure out what club they hit. That slowed things down even more. Um, as dramatic as this event ended on Sunday... Uh, with the, with the last putt on the last hole by the last player, it was that close all the way through. Um, on on Friday, it looked like the United States was going to end up down five and a half, two and a half, and then they rallied to win the last two matches on the golf course, not to, to have the last two matches on the golf course to make it four and a half, three and a half. Uh, on Saturday, uh, um, uh, in foursomes, uh, Marina Alex and Morgan Pressel won two and one in their match. They played 17 holes. They were two under par for 17 holes. At one point, made four birdies in a row. That's hard to do an alternate shot in good conditions, mm. let alone in bad conditions. On Saturday, in four ball play, Suzanne Pedersen at one place, uh, beginning on number seven, made five birdies in six holes. Playing in 30-mile-an-hour wind. Uh, the quality of play was, was uh, unbelievable. Uh, uh, no team, no side ever had more than a two-point lead uh, in the competition, and that was <laughs> that was when the United States got up 13 and a half, 11 and a half, and you thought it was over. Uh, and and Europe came back and won the last three matches on the golf course uh, uh, from start to finish. Uh, it was it was it was a high high quality of golf. Um, the, the most intense competition you could possibly be around, and oh by the way, there were 90 
thousand people there over three days. Uh, the crowds were were large. They were enthusiastic, and they were incredibly sportsmanlike. Who um, who surprised you for the American side? Well, you know, John, I think for both teams. We saw a changing of the guard here. Think who wasn't there for the United States. Uh, uh, Paula Creamer, Christy Kerr, Michelle Wee, Brittany Lincecum, Brittany Lang, Angela Stanford, Jarena Piller. Uh, none of them were there for the Americans. Uh, uh, you know, Morgan Pressel uh, um, was there only because she was a captain's pick. Stacey Lewis was picked, but then uh, had to pull out because of an injury. So it was a changing of the guard. The Cordis sisters were absolute beasts. They totally embraced the competition. Uh, uh, one of my most retweeted tweet of the week was a picture of them dancing on the first tee on, on Saturday as, as they're getting ready to go. They won three and a half points out of four, uh, each of them. Um, they played. They played great. Uh, Brittany Altamari can 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 putt lights out, man. She she was she was a, a beast for the Americans. And you look on the other side, and um, Georgia Hall and Celine Boutier both won four points. Charlie Hall played great. Then what we saw, we saw that we saw the the a glimpse of the next next five. Solheim Cups, you know, next five or six. Now, these are going to be. This is a new generation of stars on both sides, and uh, and 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 you know, Suzanne Pedersen's gone, but she's replaced by Celine Boutier and Carlotta Saganda and Georgia Hall and Charlie Hall, and uh, um, maybe we're never going to see Christy Kerr again for the Americans, but we're going to see both Cordas and we're going to see both Kangs and we're going to see Brittany Altamari and we're going to see Marina Alex. Uh, uh, it's a new generation of stars. He is Ron Syrak. He uh, writes about the LPGA for Global Golf Post, also talks about it with Golf Channel and here on this show. Ron, welcome home. Welcome back. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. I'll talk to you down the road, my friend.